thank you for joining us here today. Those who are able to come, those who join us online right where you are. We come to worship our awesome God on this first Sunday in the month of October. Also, we prepare to break bread together and drink of this cup together as we conclude in a moment of worship through the preaching time. So please have your elements ready as we prepare to eat of this bread and drink of this cup together in communion as we do on the first Sunday. So thank you so much for joining us, and we look forward to you to join us in worship and fellowship as we want to welcome you a little something like this.
like it's going by pretty fast, doesn't it? <laughs> but thank God we live each and every one of those days. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father God, we come thanking you, Lord, for this day that you have made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it, Heavenly Father. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for being so loving and kind and gracious and merciful to us, Heavenly Father. 
Father, we know that you know everything that's going on in our lives and all across the land, Lord. Lord, we know you know about the hurricane, Heavenly Father, down in Florida, Lord. Lord, touch the families that lost loved ones and lost their possessions. Heavenly Father, give them comfort and give them strength, Heavenly Father. Father, bless us in our church, Heavenly Father. Father, we invite you into this place right now in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. Father, we invite you into our hearts and our minds and our spirits, Heavenly Father, to dwell richly within us, Heavenly Father. Father, we honor you and praise you, and we will always give you the praise and the worship, Lord. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. 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 The scripture reading will come from the gospel according to Luke, mm-hmm. chapter 12. Chapter 12. Yes, We're going to go down to verse 13. Mm-hmm. If you're able to stand in honor of God's word, you may do so. Luke, chapter 12. We're going to begin at verse 13. Mm-hmm. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation. And it reads, Then someone called from the crowd, Teacher, Please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me. Jesus replied, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you owe. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. Then he said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. Then he said, I know. I'll tear down, tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough food. You have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool." You will die this very night. Then who will get everything you work for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Amen. I'm 
shed your love upon us. Father, we're desperate to hear a word from you. So minister to our hearts, your mind now through this preaching moment, that we might have a word, hear a word from you, and that we might have your word hidden in our heart, that we might not sin against you. Help us, Lord, that we might see Jesus, him crucified, resurrected, and exalted, and as we seek after him, for he's the head of our life, and we will surrender to him. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. 
We're going to be in the gospel according to Luke uh, 12 chapter. As we're there, we're going to be beginning a new series in the moment of the time of October, dealing with uh, stewardship, uh, focusing on that. Are we focusing on the right things? We don't want to be caught up searching after things that don't matter. And then that we have so much stuff that we still feel empty, right? That, that should not happen, right? You can't be full and be empty at the same time, but yet that's what vanity is. Uh, it is emptiness. It is lacking. It is wanting. It is looking for something that is not there. But God can satisfy all our needs. Amen? Amen. And so as we look into our text today, we're going to look about a man that comes to Jesus asking him the wrong question. And sometimes in our lives, when we don't know what we are looking for, we ask the wrong questions. And sometimes we get the answers we don't want to hear because we're not asking the right questions. And so I want to guide us to so that how can I find the right questions and the right direction in my life? My question is, what tools are you using? We are blessed now in modern technology that you can have a GPS positioning right there on your phone. In times past, you had to buy a device that had a subscription in order just for you to get your global position. But now it's freely available right there in all mobile devices. You can find out exactly your longitude, latitude, all those different numbers. You don't know what they mean, but if you need help, they know what it means. They will find you. That's a beautiful thing. Now you can call now on, you can't talk, but it said it's pinging here. <laughs> and they can locate your position. But before that, we had compasses. And definitely those who might participate in different scout programs and different programs that you would learn your compass, you get your map, and you learn how to go through the forest and know your direction. The key thing, you always had to know, find your north. And so think about how you found your north is that your magnet, your, I'm sorry, your compass was magnetized that it would always point north. You could be facing south, you could be facing east, you could be facing west, but that compass will point north. So all you have to do is just turn around <laughs> until the needle shows you which way you're going. Now you say, all right, which way am I going? Am I going west? Am I going east? Am I going south? Or am I going north? I use my compass to help me get in the right direction. But sometimes your compass cannot be properly functioning. And what happens is that the compass might lose its magnetation. It might have been rubbed against something else that might have messed it up. A compass needs its needles works by aligning itself with the Earth's natural magnetic field. In almost all compasses, the north pointing needle is marked either with paint or by the shape of the needle itself. However, a compass needle is a delicate magnetic instrument. And it is possible for the poles become reversed if the compass is brought into close contact with another magnet. If this happens, you will need to remagnetize your compass using a strong magnet. Let me help out why I'm using this to open up our illustration about what tools are you using. Uh, you have a compass, but she might be, be attracted to the wrong magnet. This, this other magnet is replacing the magnet. The magnet is the one you want to be after, but now you are misguided, you are misdirected because you got another magnet that you got too close to that has persuaded you and go in another direction. But it looks like it's in the right direction. It looks like you're headed in the right direction because it says it's going north, but it's not going true north. You understand what it means to go true north? Uh, true north means that you're going directly north, not in the vicinity, but you got it, you got it. Uh, uh, 
basically uh, magnetized right so that it goes to the natural point of the center of the earth, the North Pole. And notice that it says it's natural. It, God made us with a natural inclination towards him. God made us that we are desperate to be in relationship with him and his creation. In Genesis, when God made Adam and Eve, Adam had it, had it going on. He had all the animals. They all loved him. He loved them back. He named them all. But Adam realized there wasn't someone like him. And then God made Eve. And then we had, they had the fellowship that said they walked in the garden. And God would come and talk to Adam in the garden. But when sin came, he got a wrong direction. And that wrong direction led him to hide from God instead of being in God's presence. Be careful how things that draw you away from God that you call good. How can it be good if it's taking you away from what is good? Mm-mm. See, we have things that are good, but that are spoiled. They're good for a little while, but they're going to turn bad. But tell your neighbor, God is always good. And so we want to always be in the right direction, having our compass headed in true north. God is our true north. We should be drawn to him, and we should be guided towards him. And definitely as we talked about how the church is the body of Christ, and Christ is the head, well, Christ is our head. He is our center. He is our focus. He is our all in all. He is our true north. And we need to focus on what matters to help us get in the right direction. We cannot become corrupted by getting too close to things that will try to replace Christ. There are many distractions in this life that try to lead us away from the Lord. We have all kinds of excuses why we can't read our Bible. We can't spend time in prayer. We cannot make it a worship, but you'll make that game. You'll make that concert. You'll make that date. But when you're lying in the hospital bed, all of a sudden you want everybody to stop and pray for me. <laughs> Come and visit me. But yet the body of Christ says how we ought to forget not to assemble together, but we ought to come together and encourage one another in love and peace. And so therefore, when we're coming together, we're rightly coming together, we're encouraging one another, we're becoming stronger and wiser by learning from the word of God. Our text today has Jesus teaching with, uh, with this parable in a response to a person asking him a question. Jesus is surrounded by thousands of people. Matter of fact, uh, Luke 12 and 1 says that they're tripping over one another. That's how many people they are there. A big crowd has gathered around Jesus and teaching. And Jesus is teaching his disciples and, and he's encouraging them. But yet one person had a pressing question that he had to interrupt the teacher to ask his question. He said, I hear where you talk about all that other stuff. But what about me? Look, look closely here. Verse 13. Then someone, y'all see that there, right? Then someone called from the crowd. Teacher, please tell me, tell my brother to abide our father's estate with me. Now just, just look at it. He's teaching about spiritual, heavenly, godly things. And yet this man comes by and says, my brother ain't sharing with me. Here it is that Jesus looks at him and trying to understand and help him to understand what's really going on. He says to him in verse 14, friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that? Then he said, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. Think about that for a moment. 
He's helping this man out that your priorities are not in order. Uh, you came asking me a question as if I'm the arbitrator, as if I'm the judge, as if I'm the one that's going to proctor over your property and be a lawyer and, duck and ride up your wheel. He says, that's not my concern. But what you ought to be concerned about is that what you are concerned about is not the right thing. Your life is not made up by your possessions. Again, my compass, I, I wanted to be pointing north. I wanted to be guided towards Christ. I want to seek forth the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added on. But yet I understand that there's some things that will glitter. There's some things that will sparkle. There's some things that will be flashed that will catch my attraction. But we know the saying, everything that glitters is not gold. Do not get distracted with worldly things. Check what you are attracted to. To that leads you in that direction. The person in the crowd was not concerned about spiritual matters, but about earthly possessions. Be careful that you don't get caught up, that you rather be concerned about earthly things and not spiritual things. Jesus is telling him that that's not the problem about what your brother has. The problem is what you don't have. Mm. We'll get to that. When he tells them, guard against Every kind of greed. There's a warning there. All kinds of greed. Another translation talks about all kinds of covetedness. Uh, this word is the only word I, vocabulary word I learned in church. I didn't hear that word when I went to school about thou shalt not covet, but I learned that in the church. Thou shalt not covet. <laughs> so I understood that when I wanted my neighbor's stuff at his desk, I was reminded what the Bible says, that nah, I should not covet. That pencil so enough look good. It's sparkly and shiny and everything like that. They're not looking. I can take it. But the Bible reminds me, that nah, I should not covet. So it helped me to stay on path. Y'all don't hear me? That I did not get off track because the word reminded me of what path I want to be on. Y'all understand what I'm saying here? That we need to be in God's word so that it can keep us on the right path. Our mind is able to go other places, but when the world reminds us, be aware of all kinds of greed. Now, now, not only do you want possession, sometimes you are greedy for attention. That any attention is better than no attention. And I was the same way, that I could be in class, and I'm not getting the attention I want because I wasn't the smartest in the room, but I could be the loudest. So I can raise my hand, and ooh, 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 teacher, choose me, like, like. And she looked all around. Everybody was quiet, raising their hand and calling that person. Why didn't you call me? I knew the answer. So then, since so she ain't calling me, what I do next? I blurted it out. I know the answer. Yeah, I got it. I got it right. And then my mom got to talk to me and say, Sam, you don't always got to have the last word. Yes, I do. You don't always have to have the last word. I don't. Yes, you do. My mom is trying to help me out. It's trying to help me how I need to be gentle. So it's not till my maturity level I started reading in Proverbs 15. Let's me know that a quick answer. I'm sorry, a silent answer turns away wrath by a harsh word stirs up, ain't it? So I realized the power of the tongue. I realized how the word kept to help me. I said, you know, sometimes you just need to be quiet. Be slow to speak and quick to listen and slow to get angry. The Bible tells us how your yes should be yes and your no should be no. And help me to understand that how I want to stay on this path so that when I speak, people listen. That they won't be questioning, am I just talking stuff because I just want to be heard. A lot of people that can say a lot of stuff, but they're not speaking truth. 
But yet when we can be mindful that God wants us to be men and women of integrity, that we want to line up that our actions represent our words. But here we find this man is not concerned about spiritual matters, but concerned about earthly things that he wants to have. But God is saying, beware of all kinds of greed. I, I just shared you a few examples how you could be greedy for stuff that you don't have, or you could be greedy for attention. There's a lot of things that we lust after that we don't need. But think about how you allow these things that you want to define you. If they define you, then what happens when you lose them? If your house defines you, what happens if you lose your house? If your job defines you, what happens if you lose your job? Your car defines you, what happens if you lose your car? Matter of fact, not if you lose your car, you just get a scratch on that car. What's going to happen to your life? Is everything going to stop now? Oh, they scratched my car. You're going to cry over the things you lose or will you realize that life is more precious than all the things that you have? Do not let your possessions own you, but remind yourself that you are owned by Jesus. You were purchased by the blood of Christ. So therefore, through his purchase, you have access to the kingdom of God. By having access to the kingdom of God, those who have been fellowshipping with us and coming to Sunday school, we talked about how you have access to streets of gold, some pearly gates, some crystal water on each side, be trees and on there with the fruits and, uh, and, and healing in the leaves. You understand that in God, we got possessions that can be measured here on earth. Not only am I purchased to have access to the kingdom of God, but I'm purchased that I have not just life, but everlasting life. We understand that my life will be life with no end. That I understand that I will say goodbye on this earth, but I'll say forever hello over on the other side. But not only will I have access to the kingdom, access to eternal life, but also I have access of being set free. Who the Son sets free is free indeed. How are we set free? We are set free that there's no more shame. There's no more penalty. There's no more debt. Because forgiveness means that he has let us go. So we ought to live debt free. But the problem that we're not living debt free is that we are being possessed by what we own. There's some things that we need to let go. Uh, you need to maybe fast from some things that you are beholding to. We use this word detox. It's funny how detox we was initially dealing with how you want to maybe flush out and clean out your organs. But yet there's all kinds of things you can go and look online about how you can have a phone detox. <laughs> Everybody got a phone. Here's the thing. What's wrong with my phone? There's nothing wrong with your phone. What's wrong with us? See, there's a lot of things that we do, but it's not good for us. Too much of anything is a bad thing. You know, abuse means using something improperly. And when we allow something to take over our lives, that if you put it down, you can't live without, that something wrong. Watch out, somebody. When we are, think about it, I, I, I found out that I can leave my watch, I can leave my wallet, but I won't leave my phone. I always have my phone on me. It's amazing that how you can have your phone on you and you, you feel good, but when you don't have your phone, you just like... Put it down somewhere. Where is it? And so what would I do if I had a fast from my phone? I might lose my mind. Which is a sign that maybe I need to fast from my phone. 
that if I have that, have that much control over me, then I need to learn how to regain control and re-magnetize myself on my true north. Am I spending more time on my device than I am in my word? Am I spending more time in my device than I am in prayer? And so if I'm not spending enough time with God, how can I be strong enough for God? That I'll be able to be distracted and be corrupted by anything that might come close by. But when I'm strong, that, that needle might wither. But it might get back. No, they said, nah, I, I, I'm in line. <laughs> I'm staying focused on where I need to be. I, I'm not going to get caught up by the other stuff. Where are you right now? Do you realize what happens here? That God is warning us not to get greedy. Because what happens when we get greedy is that we start thinking we did it by ourselves. Deuteronomy 8. 14. I, I, I want to use this Old Testament text to highlight that this is nothing new. When God delivered Israel from Egypt and brought them into the promised land, uh, Moses was preparing them. They said, God's about to give y'all something. And when he gives you this blessing, I, I want y'all to understand how you should live. The Deuteronomy 8 chapter verse 14 says, do not become proud at the time and forget the Lord your God who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. Tell your neighbor, do not forget. There's times in our lives that we get so successful, we get so much stuff, that we forget how we attain what we have. There's some people walking around act as if that they always had all they have, and forgetting that they don't have what they have, but it was for somebody helping them out. Remember, it is the Lord that has blessed you to make it this far. Psalm 103 also reminds us that all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals me of all my diseases. He redeems me from the death and the crowns me with love and tender mercy. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Do not allow success to make you believe that you are better than you are. But we ought to show humility and be gracious towards one another, knowing that, as Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. The man that God is addressing in this text is not hearing what Jesus is talking about. And he understands that not only this man interrupts my teaching, asking me about set of some, some, some rift between these brothers about who gives what. Let me help people out about who gives what. And he tells them this parable. And look what happens in this parable. Y'all with me? Verse 16. Then he told them a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, what should I do? I don't have room for all my crops. And then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Uh, God is pointing out that you think you got everything you need. 
but die today, you'll find out everybody got what you wanted. Whatever you own on this earth will not go with you. <laughs> but seek ye Jesus and his righteousness and his kingdom and all the other things be added towards you. Notice how this man already had what he needed, but he wanted more. Notice how he was not looking to how can I give this to the needy? How can I help out those who are lacking? But no, how can I get more wealth? The problem is that oftentimes we're dealing with that greed means that we already have enough what we already need. How should we be able to be more philanthropic, be more giving? You know that word philanthropy comes from the word of love. Y'all don't hear me? So how should I be more loving? Well, loving means to give. My goodness. So think about it. How Some might say, oh, look how philanthropic they are, right? But they only gave a tenth of their billion. Y'all don't hear me? But they can find all kinds of things to do, but yet we got uh, many people homeless. We got grocery stores we got, um, that are not in places, so we have food deserts of food insecurity, but people got 20 cars in their garage. No matter how much the gas is, they're going to fill up every tank and drive around in their fancy automobile. But here it is when we look into, like, if I could just give and, and think about how some of the, the people that have the least give the most. Studies show the, the, more, the more impoverished somebody is, the more they get. Why? Because they understand what it means to be with that. But think about how those who are rich are trying to keep as much money as possible. But then we have a few of those billionaires talking about how they're trying to spend down their money. We see them doing great things about how they want to make sure they can get rid of their wealth so that when they die, they got nothing left. So you see them how they're fighting diseases, they're giving and dealing and, and, and financing, giving scholarships, saying, hey, where can I give out my money that is not coming back? They're not trying to get it so it comes back to them. But what can we give to be blessing to somebody else? Think about how Christ shows us how we ought to live, not for ourselves, but for him. If he is our center, then we must deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow after him. If he's our example, if he's our lead, we need to seek after him that we won't be fools. Who is a fool? Those who don't believe in God. Here, a fool, he points out, is that they don't believe in God and they don't have a relationship with God. Y'all see that there in verse 21? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Don't be fooled by everything that comes your way. Be careful of everything that makes you feel good about yourself. I'm encouraging you that sometimes you need to feel bad about yourself. Y'all don't hear me? Sometimes we get caught up thinking that we've got it all together. People pat you on your back and tell you how great you are, that you believe it to yourself, and that you think how great you are. But what happens is that you are getting filled with vanity. And now you are being empty because you're feeling like you're doing something, but you're not doing anything. People are, can see all the glitter, but inside you're hurting because you're not being rich towards God. This man interrupts spiritual teacher asking him about earthly things. Again, remember I talk about your confidence. Your confidence should be pointing north. And oftentimes we know north to be up. But don't get caught up looking down. When you're not looking where you ought to be going, you might be falling in the wrong direction. It's amazing how when you want to stay in direction, you want to look where you're going. 
Deacon Kyle uh, made me think about this illustration. He teaches how to ride a bike. One thing he teaches about when you ride a bike, that where your head goes, the bike will follow. So you want to look into that turn. Because if you're looking into that turn, your body's going to lean in that direction. Y'all know how it works. Because put your hand on the steering wheel and drop your phone and look for your phone. Your car going to turn with you. Y'all don't hear me? You, you think you're still going straight, but yeah, you're going straight to where that phone is. That's what's happening. When you take your eyes off the road and your, your body, your body all of a sudden realigns and goes in that direction. It's amazing how you can take a bit in a horse's head and you can turn it and that's the way that whole thousand pound body horse will go. If that small little bit, you can control that horse and say, I'll tell you which way to go. But here it is that we allow our lives to get caught up with things that's going to lead us in the wrong direction. It's going to lead us to a place that's going to cause hurt and pain and shame in our lives. But I'm so glad that you don't have to stay in that direction. I said earlier in the text that you, and I'm sorry, the introduction, that you can remagnetize your, your compass. That nothing can get us wide as snow but the blood of Jesus. There's times in our lives that we got next to some other magnets that we need to remove out of the way. And say, Lord, here I am, have thine own way. When we understand that we've been rich in the wrong places, we want to be broke right now. <laughs> Lord, break me, shake me, and mold me and put me in your way. We need to understand to fear the Lord is not to be afraid of him. Let me help you out why we want to fear him. Proverbs 1 and 7 says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. And but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Seeking after the Lord will make us rich in the kingdom of God. We are his possessions. Matter of fact, Peter says we are his royal priesthood. Jesus says that we will reign with him. That sounds like royalty to me. And so if I want to reign with him, I've got to know some pain with him. I've got to know some suffering with him. Did he not suffer for us? So put your life in the right order. And be guided by Christ. Let me encourage you as I conclude this message to start thinking about some things in your life that you need to fast from. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to tell you how to do it. If there's something that you have on your mind right now that you say, I could not fast from, that's what you need to do. Now, I'm not going to tell you you need to do a 40-day fast. I'm not going to tell you you need to do a 30-day fast, but try a five-day fast. And if you can't do five, try two days. But let, let's try more than one. Because you need to break through that, that cold sweat because the first day is the hardest day. But you'll find out on that second day, it comes a little bit easier. You realize, I didn't need it as much as I did. And then come that third day, you'll be a lot stronger and realize, I've seen things I have not seen before. Because I was distracted by some of these other things. And so whatever it is, you can put your phone down and just have it just so you can only receive phone calls if you get caught up with all the other social media. And you can put on Do Not Disturb or block it from other people. It might be a TV show you got to watch every day at a certain time. Well, well, go ahead and just turn off that DVR. What, what, what do you think? Go ahead and cancel that schedule so you won't be caught up and say, well, I can catch it later. No, if you miss it, you miss it. Just wait to say, maybe I can catch it up next week. It might be on, on demand. It might be somewhere online. But don't get caught up. Don't be marrying yourself to things that get you taken away. There's things in our lives that we want to remove so we can remagnetize. Here's the other thing, sister. Not only will you want to remove those things, now you want to replace. So you want to remove, and then you want to replace. What do you want to replace with? Well, then replace it with the Word. Replace it with prayer. 
replace it with the fellowship of the saints. Things that you are called to do by the body of Christ. Let us replace it and do that. Once you remove the distractions that have corrupted you and led you off path and replace them with the things that are going to get you in the right direction to refocus and recalibrate it with Christ, then you'll be able to seek his kingdom and his righteousness. And notice all these other things will be added on to you. My dear children, I thank you for listening for this time. But one more time, I want to reiterate what he says at the end of this parable. If you didn't catch on what Christ was teaching, he was saying this. Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Here he's saying you are a fool if you store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. But in the world, people tell you are a fool if you are not rich, but you love Jesus. They can say, if you love Jesus, you ought to be rich. Well, you need to point out to them that you are looking for earthly pleasures, but I've got heavenly treasures. And so I have a kingdom that's not of this earth. He's going to make a new heaven and a new kingdom. So you can say I'm a fool because I'm a fool for Jesus. Y'all see how I flipped it around here? I'll be a fool on this earth. But I'll be a fool for Jesus. Good day now, Zion. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you all think about how you want to be foolish for Jesus. How you want to remove some things out of your life. They had you caught up looking at the things on earth. But you want to look up to the heaven which cometh your help. And all our help coming from the Lord. Don't fool me now. Do you love Jesus? Well, you ought to say, Lord, here I am. Have thine own way. Everything I have is yours. It all belongs to you. Matter of fact, God, you can take everything, as long as I got Jesus, as long as Jesus still sitting on the throne, as long as Jesus is still high and mighty, as long as Jesus coming back again, I know everything's going to be alright. Good day now, children. May the Lord bless you. Good God from Zion. But I'm glad today that the earth shall have nothing that's better than Jesus. So you want to be rich? And your relation towards God will get your compass right and say, I'm going north. I'm going over yonder. One day, oh children, you'll be looking for me. And I'll be gone. I'll be over in glory with my God. He is good. Isn't about a glass today that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. He don't spoil. He don't rock. He don't rust. This gold of mine, this car of mine, that day they will melt and go away. But what God has. So, let's get it right. Let's put our priorities in order. Let us be rich toward God. Be attracted in the right direction. So let Jesus be your true Lord. Let us pray. Mighty God, we are grateful that you are God and you are God alone. Uh, Lord, forgive us for times that we've been distracted, we've been redirected in the wrong direction. But Lord, we seek you. We thank you, God, that you can refresh us, renew us, and Lord, you can realign us in your presence. And that comes, Lord, when we confess. So, Lord, here we are. We just confess to you, God. There's some things in our lives that have distracted us, that have blinded us and have led us in the wrong direction. Lord, we're desperate to be in your presence. We're desperate to have your peace. We're desperate, Lord, to have your comfort. Father, we thank you, Lord, you keep us in perfect peace. Those who keep their minds stayed on you. So, Father, guide us right now. 
Lord, there might be someone here who does not know Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you sent Jesus down the cross for our sins. And Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart. Jesus died on the cross for their sins and rose from the grave. See the right hand of the Father. Lord, I pray that you will bless them join this fellowship. Lord, you will lead them to a Bible-believing, preaching, teaching church where they can be baptized and discipled and continue to grow in the admonition of you. Now, Lord, we pray that you will guide them and direct them, those who are listening, those who are present, that they can be connected. In Jesus Christ, name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. If that's you today <clears throat> or you online, we encourage you to reach out to Zion. Uh, those who are here, amen, I'll be available after worship to commune with you and to share uh, how you can share this fellowship. Those who are online, reach out to us through our website. You can email us and contact us at what can you do and how can you grow. We'll be happy to disciple with you that way. Uh, this is first Sunday as we prepare to eat of this bread and drink of this cup. As you grab those that have your elements, you grab your elements. Let us pray. If you have your bread and your cup, we'll pray. Mighty God, prepare us with our hearts and our minds with peace and community and unity. As we prepare to eat of this bread and drink of this cup, Lord, we do so in remembrance of you. We do so until you're coming back again. Amen. <clears throat> Does everyone have elements of inaugural weight? Make sure everybody has. The Bible tells us that on the night of Jesus' betrayal, he had the last supper with his disciples. And in honor of the Passover, he took up the bread and he blessed the bread and he broke the bread and said, this is my body. Be broken for you. Eat of it. Let us eat together. Likewise, he took up the cup after the supper and he said, this represents, and he blessed the cup and said, this represents my blood. He poured out for the missing sins. Drink ye all of it. Let us drink together. The gospel record that they gathered everything. So they went lost and exited the singing hymns. Amen. And we too, we will exit singing a hymn. And as we sing this hymn also, we ask you to welcome and come forward to bring forth your offering. As, you, as the Lord has led you, has prospered you, as we prepare to give our offering, have a word of prayer. Father, as a bless us as we give back to you, excuse me, order belongs to you. Almighty Father, we ask to bless us, have desire to give, yet they have not. Now, God, increase, multiply as only you can, provide our every need. In Jesus Christ's name, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. You welcome to come. I know it was the blood. Thank for joining us. Join us online. God bless you. Keep it. Tell me, get it. Jesus loves you. So do I.